Hey everybody, welcome to the Grain Waves Podcast. I'm Rodney. And I'm Gabe. And we'll be taking you through real-time insights and analysis of grain marketing decisions. Dayton, Ohio, is that a reasonable place to start? I mean, it's a place in Ohio, yeah. I like it. Yeah, so so, uh, I just punched in, you know, some quick, I got a quick dashboard here that kind of tells us what's going on in Dayton. Um, That crop... Gabe is fairly average, it looks like. Um, okay. I just checked our Atlas yield data. It looks like right on average. So happened to improve quite a bit this week. So this week, for whatever reason, has been good for that area. When you say average, what do you mean? Are you talking about the just the you know numerical average? So what the average of the last five years? Or are you looking at an on-trend uh, average? Yeah, I think we're talking about an on-trend average here. So it's like they're raising about what we would have expected at a state level for corn. At least what Indigo would have expected. Okay. And and is that, you know, I think you talked about the crop quality had kind of taken a dive. But I know when we were talking before, you said Atlas was starting to show things actually coming back up. Is that is that happening in Ohio too? Yeah. So Ohio in particular has had a big improvement here in the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm not sure what led to that, but um, yeah, definitely uh, trending upwards there. So So what are they looking at for corn? About 184 bushels where we have a today. Okay. This is, and by the way, this is the whole state of the whole state. Ohio, right? I didn't dig in. What, what were they at last year? Uh, last year was 139, I think. You know, there was a tough, uh, tough year last year. One of those 100-year years, it feels like. Yeah, 139 is pretty bad. 139.1. And then the storms that moved through didn't hit Ohio particularly bad, right? I don't think so. I think it kind of died out in Indiana, right? So they, um, yeah, that that crop should be moving right along, and like I said, improving for sure. Um, I so I so then what I did I I just went back and looked at their basis, like over the last couple couple years here. I'm looking at five years worth of, worth of basis values. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a little weak on basis, so on average, they're they're kind of you know. I'd say a nickel light of what guys over there would expect to see, maybe even seven cents. Um, not surprising. Why is that? Why is basis wider, Gabe? Well, so so the crop way better than last year. Uh, and if they're making markets like you did uh, when you were a merchant, you're you're going, hey, what does this crop look like versus last year? And what did we That's pay right. people last year? Feels like a huge crop, right? Huge. Like it feels like forty bushel more than last year. Um, that's yeah, because it's forty bushel more than last year. Yeah, I know, but for, <laughs> but like. I, I would say it's hard for a grain buyer, and maybe I was the worst one, but it's hard for a grain buyer to say, to separate like, hey, it's 40 bushel bigger than last year, but it's only six bushel bigger than, you know, the other years prior mm-hmm. to that. I think you would tell me those other years feel like they never happened, right? Because of time. That's right. Yeah, right. They, they they both never happened and they weren't like anything that's expected that your brain kind of ignores. Yeah, right. right. So feels like I got a huge crop running my way. Um, I, I do see though that basis has improved uh, significantly. It's, it's, it's improved four cents in the last like 35 days, right? So it's been creeping up. I think these guys are, you know, probably getting out in the field a little bit and saying, hey, you know, maybe I don't have what feels like a 250 bushel crop in my direction, <laughs> right? Like uh, a little bit of context there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and if, Supplies getting constrained other places, right? You start to see some of that, yeah, creep off, right? Like so, so if if there really are production concerns in other parts of the U.S., 
it might start to have an impact. Yeah, the, the other thing, so I am looking at all of Ohio, so you could see, um, you know, it looks like things are heating up on the western side of Ohio. It could be, you know, Indiana is a big ethanol, has a lot of ethanol demand, right? Some processing demand there. Mm -hmm. they, they could be a little worried about that crop they have going on there, you know, some some impact from Derrico. Although Iowa is definitely the big story from that. Uh, you know, I'm in Illinois. We definitely saw some fallout from that, and I know it continued through to Indiana there. So what's interesting, as I pick, if I'm a farmer in Dayton, uh, I think what's most interesting to me is I told you basis is wide for fall, all right? So mm -hmm. I'm not super excited about fall basis here, but I'm seeing a 30 cent carry from October to December. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's pretty huge. big. Like that's, yeah. a, that's a monster carry. Uh, th now that is, by the way, net of transportation for a farmer in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Yeah. So, but if I'm in Dayton, you're telling me right now, I mean, the market's paying me 10 cents a month to sit on corn. That's right. Okay. Um, so that seems like a good, like, so we, we talk a lot about balancing those, those decisions between like, what does it take to put it in storage and take it out versus just delivering at harvest. That feels like it probably gets you over the hump of wanting to wait to get that cash. Is that? That's right. I, I mean, at 30 cents or at 10 cents a month, I'm probably going to leave the last load in the semi if I can for, you know, a little extra time. <laughs> right. Just to get Just everything, everything out of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and then, so that's a, yeah, that's a pretty big swing. And then I, so, so is that, what is the actual basis spread? Like just the basis itself? Um, so it, it is that 30 cents. So October and December is both based off December. So that basis, okay. you know, staring at you in the face. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Um, so if you're in Dayton and you've got storage, seems like a, it's a good time to, or, or even a semi truck, seems like it's a good time to use. Yeah. yeah. So, but to back that back out a little bit, I think, you know, what's showing up here, and we literally randomly picked this place, but, but what's showing up here is we have a 2.5 billion bushel carryout on corn, right? We should <laughs> see a carry in the market. And we haven't seen that carry, you know, for a year, we, you know, I, I don't even, I don't even know what this year's carry out is off the top of my head, but you know, it's large. We came into this crop with a large carry out and you would have expected based on those fundamentals to see a big carry in, in corn. But the reason we didn't see one was because the farmer wasn't happy with the price. Right. So, so that mm -hmm. front end, that spot bid had to be strong enough to compel a farmer to get in the truck and, and haul. And I think what we're finally seeing here for some reason, at least in Dayton, Ohio, is that carry being brought back into the market, right? This is a this is a state that appears to have a reasonable supply, it's meeting its demand, and it's gonna pay that farmer to store it. So, and so, and they're doing that because they think the buyer is pretty confident that enough grain's gonna have to come into the facility, they don't have to pay up for it. People That's just won't exactly have anywhere right. to put it. That's exactly right. I'm sure, hey, Let's be clear. I'm sure the buyer is paying as much as he possibly can to that farmer to make it work, right? Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, for whatever, it, it, there is a cost of carrying that grain that that buyer is going to have to do, well, right? Well, and, that's exactly it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, so the yeah, the buyer is expecting plenty of grain to flow into the facility, which means they're going to have plenty of grain they have to take care of. That's um, exactly yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, again, back when I was working at an actual facility that stored grain. When, when the crop was big enough that you had to like, say, throw corn on the ground, on a ground pile, mm -hmm. right? When you do that, 
you are suddenly you have to buy a tarp. You should price a tarp sometime that covers up 2.5 million bushels of corn. Gave oh, I was going to say, I got like a 10 footer in the basement. Yeah, no, that's a fun little ticket. Yeah. Uh, but then also like the loss that you take by doing that. Right. So, so when you take 2 million bushels and throw it on the ground, I'm sure everybody's better than, than I was at it, but there, you know, you're going to take some loss and that's got to be built into what you're, you know, paying that farmer or charging that farmer for the carry essentially. You're, you're saying people don't want that crust of corn on the outside of it. Man, that is the worst. That is no fun. <laughs> Clearing a ground pile is no fun. Um, were you guys built for it or was that literally? No. Yeah, we were built for it. So okay. we, we would never put corn on anything that wasn't at least asphalt, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe some lime. We might've had a lime pile here or there. Uh, but boy, <laughs> I, I know guys that will just like take an auger and just shoot it out into the grass. <laughs> If there's enough carry, right? Yeah. It, <laughs> it works. And, it, and at 30 cents, I'm going to consider that. I can tell you that. Well, I, you know, talking about carrying the pain, I know when I was talking to some uh, farmers earlier in the, you know, a couple months back, they were just talking about usage being really low. And so there were a number of ground piles that were still around that normally would have been gone, you know, ideally before the end of the calendar year. And certainly, uh, you know, once things had thawed, uh, and, and they were still hanging out. So, uh, I, I mean, I always think of, when we talk about ground piles, I always think about the big ones in, in Nebraska. Like those are the, <laughs> yeah, I've never seen one in real life. I've never been out there, but yeah, seen pictures for sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. Hey, so- I, I would say the last thing I want to say about this farmer in Dayton and it's, and it's mostly because of this rally, right? So we've seen this rally, um, things are looking good. In order to take advantage of a carry in a market, you have to sell that carry, right? So, so at, I am not giving grain marketing advice here, Gabe, right? We, we don't give advice <laughs> on this show. I am saying if I was a farmer in Dayton, Ohio, I had storage and, and I didn't have much sold, I would highly consider taking advantage of a 25 cent futures market rally, mm-hmm. a 30 cent carry, <laughs> right, to December, and saying, hey, maybe I, maybe I will take advantage of this and lock in a price that um, I haven't seen in a very long time. Yeah, well, I, I think um, that, that you have to pull the trigger is, is important to note. It, it, um, <laughs> I was talking to one of our teammates, Sean, who lives in, in northern Minnesota on a lake. And so with, with COVID, there's a huge demand suddenly for you know, everybody's kind of moving out of cities, right? Like, because yep. everybody can work remote, and and so um, you know, that's more demand than they've seen in that in the <laughs> northern Minnesota, you know, ever. Yeah. And and so he was talking about just it was kind of weird to see, and and talking about the value of his house going up. And I said, I asked him, "Are you going to sell it?" He said, "Well, no." I said, "Okay, it doesn't really matter. That does it." Like, <laughs> that's right. And that, and that's it's same kind of thing, right? If yeah. if um, if you uh, don't, if you don't pull the trigger, it doesn't matter. I think we'll have this conversation again when we get to crop insurance time, because yeah. I, I think that's another place uh, where we see people like whatever they. they I don't want to say get excited, but they see a crop insurance payout. But to get like, you still have to sell the grain, that's right? right. And, and that piece of it is still can be tough. Um, I wanted to share a brief story about rounding. Because we right. talk of right, so um, so to look at me, you probably wouldn't know that I work out every day. 
I know, dude. You're looking buff. You, <laughs> we can see the changes. I I took advantage of the, of the ease of working out from home. Yeah. Uh, ab- absolutely. And so, um, so I was working out, and there's this thing where uh, if you get ten thousand minutes, I think in the year, like you get a little badge. And and so first of all. When they first show it to you, they show the top end of that badge. So every thousand minutes that you spend working out, like they give you another mm-hmm. badge. Nice. But it but it had the top end at five thousand. So it's getting close to five thousand. All of a sudden it, it sends me this email and say, Hey, you're doing great. Guess what? It's ten thousand now. And <laughs> so you never so, got the badge? No well, I I I'm sure I got one for five thousand, but they, they moved the yeah, you know sure. they, yeah. They moved the target for me. And so um so like I saw that right when I was getting on on the bike to work out. And so I was like, huh, I wonder if I can hit 10,000. And so this was, uh, it was in August um, and I hadn't hit 5,000 yet. So I went, well, I'm already in August. So I'm just going to start counting September. So I got September, October, November, December. So that's four months and I haven't hit 5,000 yet. So I'm just going to assume I've got uh, 6,000 to go. Mm-hmm. So I did that math and it came out to be, I'm going to embarrass myself by not getting right off the top of my head, but it was something like, you know, 45 minutes a day yep. or something like that, which I just don't have time for to actually yeah. do 45 minutes a day of, of, you know, full workout. I was like, I was all bummed. Well, when, when I, uh, when it was all said and done, like I got off and I did the actual math. So I counted, you know, so it, you know, I still had some August left. And I was way closer to 5,000. And suddenly the number became really close to 30 minutes a day. I was like, ooh, that, really? like, I can get there. Um, it's going to be hard, right? Mm-hmm. And I may not. But but the point being, like, it, it was just funny kind of doing, being conservative on both sides. Like, I was just living in the middle of it. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, imagine <laughs> when you can be conservative on 100 different variables. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Make sure you're taking an actual look at your yield, right? What do you really think you got? So don't don't use your average. At least use your on-trend average if that's the right number for you. Um, think about like look at the actual market price. So I'm looking at December futures right now at 354. It's really easy to count that at 350. <laughs> that's um, right. And then I'm not sure exactly what you're seeing on basis, but I, probably that's a similar place where somebody might round down. Yeah. The other thing I'd say is, you know, as much as I like to talk about break even and, you know, really diving deep and understanding those numbers, I think for me right now that I'm going to do that for 2021, right? Because I've got time. I can be a little more patient for 2021, right? Mm-hmm. And really understand my cost of production, all that. I think my math I'm doing for 2020 crop is how big is this crop? How much can I store? Right. And what are my logistical concerns? Because that 30 cents carry that we talked about, you know, if if you can make a plan around the actual logistics associated with this and get it down to, hey, I've got 27,000 bushel that I need <laughs> to move, right? That's a that's a big deal because if if we get to October and it turns out this crop is a little bigger than we thought or than that than that grain buyer thought, mm-hmm. now that 35 under maybe is 40 under, 45 under. Um, and and you still have to haul that grain, right? That's the problem. That that the unknown is gonna work against you, right? So if you can do those yield checks, don't grab the biggest ear on the side of the uh, on the side of the road or on the outside row, Gabe. If you ever go do a yield check with a farmer, don't take any of his ears. Say say, hey, I, I'll 
I'm going to go in the field and do the yield check. You grab the ears. <laughs> and inevitably, when you walk out, he's going to hand you an ear and he's going to say, hey, use this one too. Throw that one out every time. You're not helping anybody. It's the biggest ear you've ever seen in your whole life. Um, but, but you know, if you take enough yield checks, have a really good average of, of what you think this crop is going to be, and then do that math to say like, hey, my current problem that I'm dealing with is, you know, 27,000 bushel of corn that I got to find a home for, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe see what it costs you to build a 27,000 bushel pile. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Or leave don't it in the truck. Corn. Farmer, don't, don't pile, pile corn. Don't pile corn. <laughs> yeah. I, well, so I guess I have one last question. Does that carry hold past December or is it start no, to fall off? No, like you can see it, this, this, the market in Ohio is just set up to put, put the corn on the ground until Jan, Feb, March, right? Gone. Mm-hmm. Even, even these Jan, Feb, like one, the, it looked like, you know, there was a little bit of carry. You're just covering interest after January, um, but it deteriorates after that. Into March, April, May, it's flat to worse. Okay. So be deliberate about your decisions. Yep. Do, Do the actual, math. put the pen to paper, pencil to paper for me. Ronnie gets to use a pen because he doesn't make mistakes. That's right. I use a whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning into the Grainwaves podcast, where Rodney and I bring real-time analysis of grain marketing decisions directly to you. If you're new to the podcast, remember to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends and family. The material contained in this presentation is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be construed as any trading advice or market outlook. There are risks associated with participating in any trade or transaction in financial instruments, and each party should independently consider such risks and perform their own due diligence prior to the execution of any trade or transaction. Indigo makes no representations or warranties as to the accuracy of any information or opinions contained herein.